Hello. Finally, winning Blackhawks on tap. I am Johnny Nani, and joined tonight by Tony Marchese. Uh, Tone, this win feels good. It certainly does, Johnny. Um, I, I think we had a little, uh, what do they call that? Um, I don't know, crazy Marchese luck or whatever that, that whole thing is there. Because we absolutely shit on this team last time we talked. And we talked all so, about yeah, it was warranted, but they came out tonight and, you know, first period, you're getting out of there to nothing Hawks. I mean, you started the game off the way you should. And Ryan Carpenter, your guy, gets on yes. the board first. And then you see Dylan Strom follow that up pretty much right after that. First game um, back. Welcome yeah, back, first Stromer. Game back. And uh, I, I think I go back to uh, the tweet that came out from uh, Four Feathers this morning when your first game back is going to be a bloodbath. Um, hey, Dylan Strom on the board. I mean, Johnny, this was it was it was a good game. It was entertaining. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Entertaining, definitely. Uh, n- no lack of action in this one. Uh, you know, Boston's a team that can really get after it. There's a reason why they are second overall in the league standings. And, uh, you know, a reason why David Pasternak is the uh, leading goal scorer by far uh, in the league. So um, the, the those guys get after it. And um, it was good to see the Blackhawks jump out. And uh, even, even in a period where uh, the Bruins had the better share uh, of the shots, you know, attempted and scored. Scoring chances were even granted. Uh, the Bruins had one more high danger chance for, uh, you know, taking advantage, being opportunistic. Holy shit, Tone. I always talk about that on, you know, sock shows, on this shows too. It's been, become a theme. Um, but on a power play that the Bruins have, and the, the Hawks, you know, they took four penalties. Well, the Bruins, you know, basically have their way. So, you know, some props to the penalty kill here tonight as well, because um, not only did they kill, you know, all those off there uh, to start. They also scored that was Ryan Carpenter's goal shorthanded on that. So, and he saw a little fumble at the blue line, took advantage of it, drove wide. Um, Smith kind of drove the net and he sent it over to Murphy. He put a shot right at the pad. Uh, I guess you call it a shot pass, even if he was trying to score. It worked out the same way because Murphy picks up an assist for that shot because Ryan Carpenter is right there heading to the front of the net, uh, right where he should be. Uh, that's why I love him so much. And he uh, pounded it home. First goal is a Blackhawk. His mom in attendance this is the mom's trip. So um, th- that was awesome to see. Uh, all of them celebrating up in that box that they had there. So um, exciting stuff to start this one. And at the very end, uh, you know, I really think uh, late period goals, Tone, um, they are huge momentum builders. And getting Strom getting that goal super late in the first period, um, I think that was just huge uh, because there's a difference going up, going into the um, inter- first intermission up 1-0 as opposed to 2-0, especially against a high-flying team like Boston. Yeah, I mean... You like to see that kind of resurgence out of him, and it was kind of a little bit of a statement. We talked about rebirth, reincarnation right here, and here it was. Dylan Strome back on the ice, getting the job done. Um, And and like you said, late in period goals, Johnny, I'm going to label them right here. It's cool and tough. Oh, totally. You you, you take that momentum with you, and that's what's really important. It gives you something to build off of. I know you didn't exactly come into the second period and, and put anything up on the score sheet, but you, you kept the Bruins off. Yeah. Um, you know, yep. I, I don't care how you did it. I'm looking at the block shot numbers tonight. The Hawks were getting in front of pucks, and that that really helps out a guy like Robin Leonard, um, you know, who can really steal a game on his own. 
But if you're getting in front of pucks, I mean, the, the Bruins were firing them. They they found uh, wound up with 40 shots on goal uh, at the end here. But uh, you know, I'm just looking down here. Everybody on defense got in front of multiple pucks, uh, except for Murphy, who wound up with one. And then, of course, Gustafson uh, just didn't do his job as far as getting in front of anything. Um, but uh, that's not really his game style. But uh, Dehan gets in front of three. Seabrook's in front of three, and you beat the Bruins here at the end without Duncan Keith. You know, your staple on the blue line. So I think there's a little bit of kudos to the defense for that effort that they put up there tonight. I know things kind of went sideways in the third period. We'll get there, but uh, overall, I mean, give credit where credit's due. I think. Yeah, uh, that uh, I, I'm with you on the defensive effort there, uh, making a uh, priority to get in front of pucks, make sure Robin Leonard doesn't see as many shots as, you know, some of these ridiculous totals that we've seen on both him and Corey Crawford, not just on Leonard, um, you know, getting up in those like 50, like, you know, I think against the Maple Leafs closer to friggin' like, you know, maybe the shot total is like 54, but still like attempts being like 70 something um, just gets ridiculous. So uh, it's nice to see them kind of get in front of that. And uh, I one thing that I had said before we kind of even jumped on this was that, you know, the Bruins uh, controlled this and I'll go to my number crunch here. You know, the Corsi, they were in control of it for the majority of this thing. Um, they led in every period except for the second because the Hawks made a nice push um, towards the very end of the second, uh, which was good to see because uh, you feel like that can kind of, uh, you know, game on the road, uh, especially against a team like Boston who can buzz like they do. Um, it was good to see them have a little bit of resurgence um, and control some more of the play towards the end of that period. Um, but w- with those numbers, though, being in Boston's favor, obviously that just means they're having more shot attempts when I say Corsi. Corsi events, shot shots you know, attempted. Um, and that counts blocks too. So uh, the Blackhawks props to them for um, like you had mentioned, all those guys getting in front of shots. So um, second period, you know, nothing going on really. There's a little bit of a scrum in front of the net uh, posture, knocking Marsh in, mis- mixing it up with uh, Murphy <clears throat> Leonard, please. I would love to see that in the bar fight form. Um, please. Th- th- that would, that would be bad news for Baston. Um, I'll just say that right now. So um, it was nice to see Strom. He had a nice uh, chance in kind of the dying seconds. I think there was only like 12 seconds left on the clock, and he kind of drove down and had a, had a nice uh, attempt there. And, and that was part of that surge that I said the Blackhawks had. But luckily, even though they didn't get on the board there, luckily that momentum carried over to the very beginning of the, of the third period. I know the, the rest of this thing kind of went haywire, but um, very beginning of the third period, that 17 seconds in, first of all, how, you know, only only in Boston, uh, only in that building where they, you know, had the legendary 17 seconds. But 17 seconds into that third period, uh, what I've been asking for, Tone, Alex Dabrinkit, that sneaky yep. sniper, and he did just that, roofed it high. Uh, I believe that was blocker side, um, and it, it was a beauty of a shot driving down the left wing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when we get to the conclusion of this, I've got some, some words, but um, this is exactly what you've been asking for. And look at this right here. You're up 3 nothing in Boston. And look who's scoring. The guys that we've been asking to score. Alex Dabrinkit, Strom back on the ice. And uh, I mean, we haven't really exactly been begging for Ryan Carpenter goals. I know you have just because you are a huge Ryan Carpenter yeah, well, fan. I, I but, see it, yeah. You know, uh, but that's the thing. You know, you're getting some scoring from, from you know, top performers on this team or people who should be top performers coupled with some secondary scoring provided from guys who we brought in to fill roles. It's a recipe for success, wouldn't you say? 
Oh, I'd totally say that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, and I, you know, I'm just Ryan Carpenter fan. Got the jersey. Uh, you, thanks to you guys, uh, the Four Feathers crew, and some of the other on tap guys, uh, getting that for me. So, um, fortunately, couldn't score when I was there on uh, Tuesday night, or excuse me, Monday night. But, um, you know, I'll take it any any time, any place I can get them with Ryan Carpenter there. So, um, now we got to talk about a little bit of the downfall here because um, it was more of just an upsurge for the um, Bruins. Obviously, we knew they were going to press. Uh, the team said that after they knew they were going to press. Any team that's down is always going to press. So, no surprise that they did that. But uh, it was embarrassing in some of the fashion that they scored, Tone. Um, the first one, uh, you know, First one, okay. Uh, it, it I think it it sucks because that really helped turn the momentum in their favor and you know got them thinking that they could come back in this game, which they did end up tying it. Um, but anyway, that that goal of former Blackhawk uh, Joachim Nordstrom uh, kind of beaten us, and it was a rebound chance. So um, that that one hurts, but it's not the worst one here because uh, you know they're really pressuring Murphy had a huge block, so there could have been a goal even in between that. Um, the Hawks had maybe like one rush chance in between here. And Strom just held on to the puck way too long. So I was kind of disappointed in that. But also, you know, he, maybe he's rusty for being off for whatever it was, three, four games uh, that he was out here. But then, um, you know, when we get a power play um, and mm-hmm. Eric Gustafson is manning the point, skating backwards, defending as Boston's coming at him. And it was really only one-on-one at that point uh, with Murphy, or excuse me, uh, Gustafson, and um, uh, I believe uh, I forget who scored that final Boston goal here. Uh, Tory Krug. Yeah, no, no, it was it was before Krug. Um, it, it was Wagner. Uh, Wagner. So Wagner's coming at him. And it was basically one on one, and Gustafson literally just falls. I don't know if he tripped over his own skate, lost an edge, whatever it was. Um, but he just falls straight up, and then it's a uh, you know two on zero. Um, and he didn't even need his uh, his wingman there. Uh, buries it past Leonard, and that's when you really thought, oh my God, this is the time to really bury this game. Uh, that went from being possibly four to one if you score on that power play to being uh, three to two and Boston right back in it and having all the momentum in the world. And that's just what they had. Um, and then after that, just an atrocious defensive sequence from both Dennis Gilbert and Brent Seabrook. Um, you know, we gave Seabs a little bit of credit for uh, the block shots and whatnot, and he did make a couple of other nice uh, stick checks, but man. Um, he gets sucked out way too wide. Uh, Dennis Gilbert as well uh, vacated the front of the net, and that's Tory Kruger defenseman uh, jumping in there and scoring right in front of the net. Not what you like to see. Uh, that was to tie it at three. So, um, y- y- your thoughts on kind of the collapse here? Uh, t- it's kind of typical Blackhawks at this point in time, and I don't want to say it's all typical Blackhawks because we talked about this. Boston is so good. I mean, look at the record right now. This is the type of team that is never out of a hockey game. They can come back against just about anybody and do exactly what they did right here. I'm more impressed at the fact that we had a three-goal lead to work with against them. So while I'm seeing this kind of semi-collapse happen, it wasn't really all that surprising. I was just happy that we had the insurance that we had to weather the storm because realistically, you go back and you look at this and – 40 shots on net. You had 18 blocks. That was 58 pucks that are coming at, at Robin Leonard at some point in time here. And that's not even counting all the chances that missed the net tonight. So Boston puts pucks in the back of the net. You held off until then. If it's not for that shorthand goal and, and we can d- discuss Gustafson all we want. We're lucky that uh, uh, Pat Kamiski isn't here. Cause I'm sure you'd have a lot more harsh words than I do, 
But uh, yeah, luckily the Bears game kind of distracted him from that full effect of that tonight. Yeah, we didn't even really get a mention of it on Twitter. I was kind of surprised, but um, unless I missed it there, but I didn't see it either. So okay, all right, good. Um, but you know, we'll just <laughs> pretend that didn't happen. Maybe we should just cut this little part out so so Pat doesn't hear it. But um, you know, despite all that, I mean, I think that the the fact that you're playing Duncan Keithless and Andrew Shawless, no Mata through, tonight either. No so Mata either. Yeah. Yeah. So you, let's just be happy that we were able to come out of here with yeah. what we did. Oh, yeah. I mean, I th- I think. You know, for as negative as we get on this, and uh, you know, let's just get to the get to the end here. Go to overtime, and look who shows up. You know, it's a guy that I think we've both had very choice words for lately, and we kind of question things um, on our last, I think, oh, two shows. Yeah, uh, even going back farther than that. And, and here's Jonathan Tapes coming through. You know, and huge. It's just that. Look, look what this team can do when you get scoring from Alex DeBrinkett and Jonathan Taves, Johnny. Look what this team can do. Yeah. They can beat Boston. This is what I'm talking about when I, when, you know. Well, it's so some, frustrating to see them off the score sheet. Exactly. And this is why, this is why I don't think we're being negative. We're, we're being critical of this because look, you, you pissed away these games against Colorado and then you can go into Boston and beat this team without Duncan Keith, without Ali Mata, without Andrew Shaw. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any freaking sense, Johnny. I don't understand it. The only thing that, that, that really makes sense here is that when we get the scoring recipes that we talk about on this show, day in, day out, the Hawks win. And then all of a sudden it just disappears into like thin air and has gone away for, like, weeks at a time. Yeah. This is not a bad hockey team. The reason we're frustrated, the reason we can be, I guess, portrayed as negative or, or whatever, hard on Jonathan Taves, is is because, look, this team could beat just about any other team in this league when these guys are playing like this. You, did, you didn't even have to rely on 25 minutes of Duncan Keith tonight, and you beat Boston. On their home ice. I think, what is this, the first time they've lost on home ice all year, Johnny? Uh, no, they, so technically that streak uh, still lived because they had, before this, lost four times, but they were all in overtime or shootout. Um, so this just continued that. That gave them their fifth one. So they still don't have a regulation loss, but you know they're few and far between either way, uh, losing on home ice. They had 20 if wins you, before that. Yeah. I'll go right here. If you had Duncan Keith in this game, it would have been Boston's first regulation loss. I, I would I would agree with that, uh, just based on the uh, hiccups there that happened, especially on that third one, man, when Krug was able to score uh, the 17-27 mark of the third period. Uh, Ducky Keith would have most likely been out there uh, in such a dire situation like that um, instead of friggin' Dennis Gilbert and... Uh, <laughs> And uh, Brent Seabrook, you know, um, maybe Seabs would be out there, but I would assume that you'd probably have Murphy out there as well. Um, you know, Ron loves to go with that, uh, Keith Murphy. So I would assume uh, you, you would have at least put him together for that um, situational uh, type of, you know, play there. But anyway, um, a few thoughts on this on the overtime winner. Um, it was so great to see, first of all, it overtime for me started off and I was like, oh my gosh, here we go again. Like before, you know how there's that 
butchy overtime challenge or whatever. I didn't uh-huh. like hashtag it or anything, but it's like, you know, whatever overtime challenge. Um, and I said, uh, you know, any Boston player, like, no, there's no doubt in anyone's mind that Boston's going to win this game just because they had all the momentum in the world and yada, yada. And it looked like that to start the uh, overtime because Hawks win the draw. They bring it in um, and Murphy ends up having it up along the right wing boards instead of, you know, they usually try to like either skate around one guy, look for a pass, or they'll just get it to a forward who can create space for himself. Instead, he crunches with a guy along the boards. Boston ends up digging it up. And when they come back down, like, oh my God, here we go. Posture knocks out there. But instead, Jonathan Taves, the guy that we've been on, mans up, knocks him down on a clean play. There's no penalty call. I know Boston fans are booing and throwing trash on the ice uh, because that's the type of fan base that they are uh, after the fact. But, you know, Taves, he was coming towards the middle of the ice. Taves puts, you know, a cross check right into him, but it's right in the chest. He's got the puck. It's not a, you know, uh, not an illegal hit, knocks him down. Uh, the puck is able to escape free. Taves gets the outlet pass, comes in uncontested, uh, pulls a great, you know, kind of, it was a forehand backhand, then come back a little bit. Like he kind of staggered the backhand and uh, banked it in, uh, in between Rask's legs there. So um, th- that was just, you know, outstanding to see. And then even more so than that, I'm talking about obviously the production on the ice. We need that, but also the emotional leader. After that, I mean, obviously adrenaline's going after you win a game like that. But him high fiving those guys on the bench is more excitement more passion than i've ever seen from jonathan taves this season this season i swear he listens i swear he probably listens to this show (laughs) because he's shown up he's shown up like twice now after after we've said this and there was one earlier um this season where we we i think we got on him and then something happened i don't know i'm if jeremy carlton isn't motivating jonathan taves i think we fucking are yeah that's so I think I think we I think we yeah I think we totally deserve some credit here. Those two guys that we had called out um, on this last one in literally you can go back in the Four Feathers Pod Twitter and look at our notes. The pin one that was up there for a while uh, for the Blues post game in the Boston preview. What two bullet points did I put in there? It's time to start playing like a ten million dollar player captain and wear a sneaky sniper to break it. Both, both things happen. Both, both, both things, things happen. happen. You know. I'm not always the type of guy that's going to come back and be like, told you so, told you so, told you so. But right now, I'm I'm just I'm thinking back to what we just talked about. And it, and it, it both things happened tonight on the ice. It was almost as if they played our, our last episode in the locker room before they yep. took the ice tonight. And that's probably not true. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm thinking out loud here. But if we're saying it, I would hope that they know, you know what I mean? That's kind of the feeling that I'm getting here is I, I would hope that they already know, you know, if, if we're able to observe this, let's hope that Jonathan Taves already knew and was in, in a state of mind where he knew he had to go out and win this game tonight. Yeah. And I love seeing that. You just described the whole play and everything I'm thinking here is that's cool and tough hockey. That's $10 million player hockey right there. That's yeah. I'm going to take this over and I'm going to end this right away. 54 seconds into overtime because I don't want this thing to go to a fucking shootout. I want to, I want to score the goal right now and celebrate with my boys. Now I don't want this to go any further. Yeah. That's what a captain does. Urgency. When you don't have the momentum, that's the player that goes out there and changes things. That's what I love to see from Jonathan Taves. And I hope this, this kind of spurs him into a little bit of a hot stretch here. 
Yeah, because that. you know uh, this is this is the perfect opportunity for it. And we've seen Jonathan Taves do this before, where he'll go out and score an overtime goal and then kind of fade back into the darkness a little bit. No, I want him out there, and I want him getting you know on the score sheet early. We're going to talk about the next game, which I believe is tomorrow. Um, but I, I want him on the score sheet early. I think that's going to help carry things. But one other thing, before we get into the next game, I want to talk about how much of a fucking badass Zach Smith is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because knockout punches in hockey fights are cool and tough. Absolutely. And you said it was going to be a bloodbath, and Zach Smith provided the bloodbath. Yeah, dude. Um, so first of all, that hit. I, I I need to credit Dennis Gil as for as much as I crap as I gave him for the uh, uh, the defensive laps along with Brent Sieberg. I think they both get some equal blame there uh, on that last goal. But I do need because Dennis Gilbert rocked David Pasternak earlier in the game, like really like rocked them. So they made it a point that you know there was not going to be no easy space. Sure, you might be able to dangle around him or whatever, but when he had just when they had you squared up, the Blackhawks, you know, kind of uh, lower pair guys and uh, fourth line guys, they were gonna they were gonna put you through the boards if they could. Um, and Dennis Gilbert did just that earlier, kind of set the tone. And Zach Smith really finished him off on a good one um, up along the boards. I know there was some uh, you know discussion of oh did he leave his feet or not? Um, well, first of all, he's a pretty tall guy, and all of those guys as you're finishing through it was a shoulder to chest so there's no head contact there's no whatever uh targeting if this is football uh none of that no elbowing nothing there so that was clean on that front um you could argue that but i mean all these guys as they have momentum uh and zach smith was still you know tip of the skate on the ice looked like to me uh wasn't too much uproar from the Boston bench, more so from the fans. There's always going to be uproar from the home fans. So um, I totally with you. I love the hit. And then in that fight, too, um, you know, I think there was uh, luckily the the Boston uh, defenseman was able to come back into the game um, after because he had had some shoulder uh, issues previously. So that's why I said that might have been uh, something that could have been, uh, you know, kind of. Uh, Reaggravated during that fight, but um, either way, Zach Smith landed him, and Zach Smith's a big dude, Tony. Oh yeah, he's he's playing with a little bit of swagger lately, and that's the other thing too. I wanted to get with uh, you about here. Where did this swagger come from tonight? Because the Hawks played a tough brand of hockey. They played they played a way that I expected Boston to kind of play, at least coming into this game, and. I've talked about this a few times. The Hawks tend to play up to the opponents. Was this another case of that tonight? Do you think that that's the case tonight, Johnny? The well, Hawks were playing up? We'll have a really good determinant of that on how they show up against a crap New Jersey team who only has 22 points and they're second to last in the Eastern Conference standings. Um, we'll have a really good determinant if this was just playing up. But, Tony, what I'm going to go with here is I'm looking at, you know, I have my, uh, I'm the background on my monitor is the logos throughout the years and the stitching letters above it say pride, tradition, honor, and commitment. That first word is an all blood red, and they played with pride tonight. Um, and I feel like that was the mentality they wanted going into Monday night, but they were, you know, down a skater. Uh, they only had 17 on the ice. Um, things didn't work out. They never came out alive. And then there was some, uh, despite leading in some of the shot numbers and the possession numbers, uh, things just weren't going their way. There's no clean possession. St. Louis kind of shut them down. So th they 
took took that, put a chip on their shoulder, and played with a sense of pride tonight and said, We're not we may lose this game, but we're not giving them anything easy. Nothing's gonna come easy. And uh they took advantage of opportunities. So I'm gonna chalk it up to pride here, Tone. Uh, these guys that. are they're professionals. They're, they're they're professionals, yep. and as, for as much as we rag on them and say, "Oh, well, it looks like there's no effort tonight," you know, because some nights there is, and some nights you're tired, and some nights you're sick. Obviously, we've seen it. Robin Leonard and Olimata flew out with separately with the team, so you, you like doing shit when you have the flu. Imagine skating sixty minutes. Uh, no, no, thank you. So um, I know there's other factors like that, but um, th- this team tonight was at least not going to be denied getting their fair share of uh, you know quality hockey, and so that 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 was my most kind of encouraging point from this one uh pride yeah i i love that i i think that uh i think you're spot on with this pride and i think what did you know, Tave, sorry just sorry to cut you off but you know what tave said he says we need to start winning every hockey game right now he said that i believe morning skate on monday and unfortunately didn't like i said didn't go over their way with all the you know bullshit that they had with the down a skater and all of that but even from then, I at least like to evoke a sense of pride. And I know we say talk is cheap, results matter. Well, I feel like that carried over um, and that mentality carried over tonight. So sorry to cut you off, but that was my last thought on it. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm fine there. I think what you said, like I said, spot on. Uh, pride. Uh, you you want to see them play with pride. Game in, game out. You know, I'm sitting here staring across at this little shrine I've got in my basement of all the uh, you know, cup wins. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like that, those teams played with so much pride. They, they knew that they could go out there and no lead was safe. If, if they were, if they were down in the hockey game or anytime that they took a lead, they would choke their opponent out and kind of stuff it out. And if they ever had adversity, you saw guys like Jonathan Taves and Patrick King just go and end things in overtime. And I want to think that I want this team to be the rest of the year and I think it's it might be a, a rough ask, but I just want them to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want them to be yep. dangerous, and I like this word "dangerous." For I like it a lot because they've got the talent that's on this roster. You know, Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, and and the Alex DeBrinkets that we've kind of harped on. But there's that whole second tier of guys as well that can be dangerous. Dylan Andrew Shaw, Stroms. Yeah, exactly. This team should be labeled as dangerous. And I think this could be a good statement game for them. Boston, I would argue, is probably the best team in the league. They're, they're scary. The power rankings. Yes, you know, Washington's they're... up by a couple points, but they're number one in the power rankings. Boston is. But yeah, exa- And Boston plays a tough brand of hockey. If you can go in to Boston and win a game, you can beat anyone. I, I, I mm-hmm. feel like that should be a huge... Yes. Statement. If you want a milestone to see, tonight was a milestone win for this team. You did it without some of your best play. You did it in a fashion that uh, you got some of your your top guys back in. Jonathan Taves, Alex DeBrinket. There was just so much that went right for this team tonight. This momentum has to carry. I I, I want to transition right now into this to this next matchup. And you talked about it. If if this was a play up type game and it's just a kind of you know we got excited for this one this is not gonna fly because we'll see exactly what happens and i want to get into this right now johnny let's talk about the matchup tomorrow 
So, yeah, we're going from playing one of the best to one of the worst. I had mentioned them uh, a little bit earlier, just briefly touched on them. But uh, here's our preview of Friday night's matchup. Some Friday night hockey for you out in New Jersey. Uh, Blackhawks at Devils, 6 p.m. Central Time start uh, on NBC Sports Chicago, per usual. Um, the Devils are reeling, Tone. Uh, they sit currently 9-14-4, 22 points. They're ninth place in the Eastern, Con- or, uh, in the Eastern Conference Um wildcard standings that puts them second to last overall in the Eastern Conference. They've been having a rough go of it. Sure, they added P.K. Subban. They got Nikita Gusev. Um, but other than that, they got Taylor Hall. They're thinking about moving him. Uh, they just fired the coach not too long ago. Uh, things are on a downward spiral there. So the Blackhawks, it's going to be, like I said, that test game. To you know, If they come out and dominate, then sure. I'd say they're playing with that sense of pride again. Um, they're not playing down to an opponent. They're uh, you know taking care of business where they need to. And maybe a switch is finally flipped. Uh, but if they lose or make this thing close, uh, embarrassingly close, um, you know, I think we can have this discussion again. So uh, just an interesting dynamic coming here. And especially, you know, the Devils, they're at home. They're probably wow. still going to be pissed off. They've lost uh, three home games in a row to the Rangers, Sabres, and Golden Knights. So um, it's going to be, you're going you're gonna to get a pissed off team because uh, those guys, believe it or not, they'll, they'll play with pride as well. Um, uh, they're all professionals in this league. Yeah, Johnny, and you know, I just want I want to preface something right here. I get jacked up after Blackhawks wins. Like I'm very positive oh, yeah. right now. Like there's nothing better, uh, maybe uh, outside of a White Sox winner, but you you get less Blackhawks wins during the season just because of the schedule is, is cut in half from baseball. So I think like each Blackhawks win counts as almost two for me, right? So I'm mm-hmm. I'm like I'm like double jacked up right now. I love seeing the Hawks win. And especially when they beat teams that are better than them or are good teams. I want to see the Hawks win every night. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But going into tomorrow, if they choke this out, I'm going to be pissed off. I'm going to be just as pissed off as I was before they won this game. You know, I think a hockey season, even though we've kind of looked at the Blackhawks as as, as a roller coaster, I think a lot of the teams go through that roller coaster of emotions. But... If if tomorrow was a loss, it's like a giant drop for me on this roller coaster because, like I said, this should be a milestone game. And you're going in against a team that's just god-awful. And you need to wipe the floor with them. Like, you, you have to domination. And I, yes, yeah. exactly. That's where I'm going with this. I want to see the Hawks just absolutely kick ass tomorrow. I want to see five fucking goals. I want to see the Hawks out there playing dominant style hockey because if there's a team you can do it against right now, here they are. You know, it, it, it's right there for the taking to have a very, very successful road trip right now. And you want to turn things around and, and continue this whole rebirth that we're talking about? Here it is. It, it's right here. Go beat the teams you're supposed to. This is one that you're supposed to. This is one that should be an easy win for a team that's kind of beat up right now mm-hmm. and, and, and prove that they could do it in a, in a situation where they should be facing some sort of adversity. So this is, in my opinion, a must-win game for this team. Absolutely. I mean, you just look at the standings right now. Sure, that win's great. We still sit currently um, eighth place in the uh, wildcard standings here in the Western Conference, second to last, uh, still only above the L.A. Kings. Um, the Blackhawks have 27 points um, after that win tonight. 
Uh, they, you know, they're well, granted they're one behind uh, Anaheim there with 28, and then Nashville is 29 right there. So uh, a win can jump them up, you know, a couple spots or whatever, um, depending on idle. Uh, I haven't looked at those other two team schedules there, but um, it's must win from a standing standpoint, uh, in my opinion, and then from a pride standpoint uh, to keep it rolling. And um, also, they should just do it so they're on a roll and they're ready to play a uh, Phoenix Coyotes team that is much improved when they come back home on Sunday night because I will be there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let, let, let's start a win streak. You know, what, what was that, the, the win streak uh, video you put up there the other day? You know, you win one today, we can yeah, win one tomorrow. Yeah. Let, let's let's get that flowing right now. Um, I, I want a win streak. I, this is the type of game, again, that can kick you off into – a four or five game win streak that could be very impressive and let you climb the standings back up. You did enough self harm over the past two weeks. It's really time to turn it around. And like I said, even when we went through that slump, this team is going to have another four to five game win streak. That's going to save Jeremy Carlton's job. Let's have it right now. I mean, I'm ready for it. Let's, let's get back on that whole, the Hawks are going to make the playoffs train because it's a lot more fun. Oh, yeah, it's so much more fun. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's not extremely far-fetched because when you look at it, there's 28 games played uh, that the Blackhawks have logged so far. Um, if this was a little bit later, uh, honestly, probably I would say end of December, early uh, January when they had had those losses like they did to Colorado um, and, and then the one at home against St. Louis as well, um, I would say that's irreparable damage. This right now, you can repair, but it has to start with a winning streak. Yeah, and winning streaks, Johnny, very cool and tough. And you have to be opportunistic during them, trying to stay on brand here. Yeah, um, totally. But, you know, get through this stretch where you've got some guys down, and then it's it's almost like acquisitions as they come back in, and it's just going to help propel you. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm just being so positive about this right now because I really did not expect a win tonight. I, I, I really did not. Oh, I didn't either. I thought I thought this was going to be terrible. I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I thought this was gonna be an absolute shit show on the ice tonight for the Hawks. And yeah, I, th- I thought we were gonna be dropping the hearse back off at the uh, funeral home. Yeah, yeah. I, I did too. It's it, it's it's a whole new life. It's a whole new life. Reincarnation, I'm, I'm, like you yeah, said. I'm just I'm I'm really happy about it. Um, but you can see the smile on my face. I'm 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 really happy about this. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. I I love talking on this microphone when the Hawks win. But um, tomorrow, Johnny, I, I think it has to continue. And I already mentioned this earlier. I'm going to give a stick to click right here. And that's going to be Jonathan Taves. Overtime winner tonight, obviously. I want him to get on the score sheet early. I want him to make a statement. I want him to start to have that good year that he had again last year. I want him to continue this. I want this to be a jumping off point for him. And we talk about speaking things into existence. Let's speak this into existence. Jonathan Taves, point streak. Let's go. Ooh, I love it. I love that one. I'm going to go with, since I, I was kind of hesitant and I didn't, we didn't know the exact status of him. Um, obviously, after practice this morning, everything was good to go. Um, and he had a goal tonight. Um, I'm going to go with Dylan Strom. Um, I feel like Alex Zerbrinkit can feed off of this as well, but I really like uh, Dylan Strom being back in there, helping stabilize those lines so you're not having that you know jumbled already in the second line. You at least have two 
stable at the top. And then you can do a little bit more shifting and shaping on those bottom, you know, two lines uh, with Doc can jump up to a third when he needs to. Um, you know, you can you just roll with Smith and Carpenter and, uh, you know, Doc on one. Um, you know, it, it's it's a lot more stable when you have your second line center back in there. And Dylan Strom is our second line center right now. And re- first of all, another one too, that I going back to Dylan Strom's goal, cause I'm going to pick him for my stick to click. If you haven't, if you couldn't tell by now, but uh, redirect goals are cool and tough, Tony. I feel like we like rarely get those. So when we get one, we really, really got to, you know, embrace it. Cause I love those. Um, it seems like other teams or maybe it's just me uh, catching the highlights from around the league, but it seems like other teams are able to do it much more frequently than the Blackhawks are. I'm not saying it never happens, but, seems like they're a little bit more rare. So um, I love seeing that from Dylan Strom, obviously. Um, no fear even after being out with the injury. Uh, you know, guys can play a little bit timid after coming back from that. Um, he did not, and I expect them to have another big game, uh, both he and the Cat, tomorrow night. But I'm going to go with Strom for my stick to click. I like it, Johnny. Both both guys on the score sheet tonight, and that's normally something that uh, I think we've kind of shied away from a little bit when we're making these stick to clicks. Um and maybe it's just, you know, you, you don't expect a guy to go back to back and let's, unless it's Patrick Kane. But let's see the same thing happen tomorrow night. Let's get a Dylan Strom goal and a Jonathan Taylor goal. And I, I think, th- you know, I want, yeah. I want, I want th- everybody's score. I, I want the whole just be lit up with everything assists, goals, hits, uh, everything. Just pile it on. I'm not going to pick him, but you know who I really would like to see, and I think this could really help jumpstart things, because obviously Stroman to bring it, they already have instant chemistry. If Alexander Nylander has himself a game tomorrow night, Tony, this is just a sleeper pick here. Alexander Nylander has himself a game that could really engage the first line, and when you got two of those rolling, especially with skilled guys up there, Brandon Saad, Jonathan Taves, and Alexander Nylander all knowing how to put the puck in the back of the net, Couple that with the guys that we already know are bread and butter, uh, Strom, uh, Kane, and Debrinket. Look out. That could six, get dangerous. Six, six plus goals. I mean, that's what you're looking at if, if that's the case here. Uh, Johnny, you know, this, this is a perfect team, actually. If, if you're looking for a value pick tomorrow, it's, it's, it's got to be Nealer. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that there's any better fit here. You know, I don't know how hockey daily fantasy sports work. I, I don't, I, I shy away from that. But if you're looking for a value pick, I feel like it'd be him. Yeah, it's the type of game it, where it, you're playing against such a dumpster fire that you know a guy like him can get around some people and and make some magic happen. Um, I hate to say this, but like you. You want the team to have a good effort, and I know everything that's written on the wall with, with Nylander and, and kind of giving a half effort. I feel like a, a if you get a full effort out of him tomorrow night, it's going to be just magical. Yeah, it, like, and You know he, what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, That could be strewed the wrong way, but I feel like this is the type of game I, where he can excel. I got one more comment on him, too. And one thing that kind of made, I was just kind of thinking back of my notes because I, I, I took a few of them tonight as I was watching. And one thing that I noticed was it, it, there was nothing that resulted in points or anything like that for him. But the guy, even against tough, you know, tough guys on the Boston Bruins, he was still at least throwing the body to try and get himself in a better position to clear the puck. Uh, he wasn't, you know, kind of making the shy play like he made sure to get it out, um, even if it wasn't a sexy pass to exit the zone. Uh, he, he was getting to the boards, even if he was going to get crunched right in front of the bench. He still made the play. So, like I said, that kind of comes where the pride comes into that factor of it as well. Well, and then also him just getting himself back into the mix where, you know, you can feel like you can go three, four games without 
anybody even noticing him on the ice uh, when he's out there, even though he plays with Jonathan Taves and Brandon Saad. So I actually noticed him a little bit, and he was kind of, you know, he's not going to body anyone up, but he at least wasn't afraid to, you know, get in on the contact a little bit. So um, I just kind of had that feeling in my gut. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, I would love to see it. You know, a couple of weeks ago when we had our live event at Murray Brothers Caddyshack, um, Nylander had two goals at a team like Nashville. Um, they can be a little bit nasty at times too. So um, I felt like that could have gotten him going. Uh, obviously things dipped off, not just for him, the whole team after that. So uh, it could be a good uh, revitalization game for him um, and everyone else. So I've done enough blowing my hot air here, Tony. Uh, you got any final thoughts? Final thoughts, uh, you know, just do exactly what you and I talked about this whole entire episode. Um, go out there and play with pride. Be dangerous. Um, you know, those, those are two, I think, very good adjectives that we can just kind of describe this team with or the style of play, so to speak. Um, we want to see that regardless. You know, that's that's something that we want out of our team um, year in and year out. But, you know, start to take these these wins. And, you know, we look at some of the, the silver linings, so to speak, that Ron likes to go to when we lose. I, I'm more of a fan of looking at your wins and, and seeing why you were successful. You were successful tonight because you got scoring out of your top guys, and you got supplemental scoring from your role players. That's a recipe for success. If you're one of these top guys, got to be giving it your all and, and, and get uh, get yourself some high percentage scoring chances. Alex DeBrinkett had another play tonight that he just missed on, which was that one-timer that you've talked about yep. a lot. Yep. And I, I don't want to credit his, his goal to the one-timer, but you know when you you just find your groove in something? I, I kind of equate it back to like you're playing beanbags in Lot B out before a White Sox game. And you hit that you hit that first ringer, and then all of a sudden like your arm just finds a slot and you're you're dropping bags, right? Yeah, I, I like that a lot, yeah. You know, and, and you're maybe like two or three beers deep because you've been you've been cracking them for a little while, and then all of a sudden like things just start to go. Well, Debrinkit had that that one timer and all of a sudden it, it's just like something clicked and then he comes out in the third and here it is he's on the board find that find that happy place and just keep going because things will start clicking and things will start rolling so that's my closing thought right there be dangerous have pride in the way that you play and just find your groove and maybe we'll have a win streak yeah Cheers to that. Um, it's got to start rolling at some point. It's not irreparable damage at this point, but like I said, for it to uh, not be those losses to Colorado, St. Louis, uh, and especially some of those in an embarrassing fashion, um, it's got to start right now. And other, you know, my, my one one final thing is other teams, and I know you got to be concerned about what's going on within the locker room, but don't tell me those guys don't look at the standings. Don't tell me they don't look at highlights from around the league. I know all of them have NHL TV. Don't um, tell me know, they don't get, listen to Blackhawks yeah. on tap. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, they see other teams rolling, like a friggin' Stars team that was started the season 1-7-1. and then I know they've cooled off a little bit since then, but shit, they went on a streak where they basically won, you know, 14, they went like 14, one in like two or something like that um, after that. So, and then a team like the Islanders earlier, uh, these are, you know, trends from earlier in the season, they went like 15 and one over a stretch. You wouldn't think that the Hawks would love to, you know, have something like that and be like back in a wild card spot. Um, 
you know, in the middle of it, uh, you know, I, I think that is something that uh, they should strive for. And obviously, you got to take it one game at a time. You got to deal with what's going on in your room. You got to get guys healthy. I understand all of that, no doubt. But there's something to be said for the boys are buzzing, Tony. I, I hope tonight was the start of a little more than just a tiny buzz. Yeah, I, I hope so, too. Here, here's another little uh, kicker. They're playing in front of their moms. We didn't really mention that. Mom's trip. You're playing in front of your moms. Don't get embarrassed by a terrible team in front of your mothers. Play with some pride. I think that's, that, yeah. you know, maybe the moms need to just follow them the whole rest of the season. If, if that's the kind of efforts we get, like we did tonight. Um, I think it was good for them. Uh, but uh, other than that, man, I'm just ready for more hockey. And I'm ready for good hockey. And I want yeah. this to continue. Um, let's go Hawks. Yeah, I'm glad it's back. We got a back-to-back here. Uh, I was, you know, a little bit layoff sitting on that loss, but hey, we're back. Um, and Sunday night, I will be there as well. So if any of our listeners are out there, um, hit us up on Twitter at Four Feathers Pod. Meet up for a beer or something. Uh, a little Sunday fun day action because they got Coyotes, who are technically first in the Pacific Division right now, coming in Sunday night. So it's gonna be a fun weekend of Blackhawks hockey. Already started off uh, happy hour Thursday with the win at Boston. Uh, Friday night, uh, let's hammer the Devils, and then uh, Sunday level and nightcap against Coyotes. So there you go. Uh, Crack them, and let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks. Hawks.